Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Apparently, Jesus has been invited to eat in the home of an ex-leper. We know that he is an ex-leper because if he were a leper currently, he wouldn't be living in Bethany. He'd be living in a leopard colony far from Bethany. We know that he's an ex-leper because he is Simon. We know the scriptures tell us that Jesus healed the lepers and Jesus healed Simon. So Simon, it could be Jesus healed him and he wanted to give Jesus a thank you lunch or a thank you dinner. And so he invites Jesus to his house. Listen at this tradition, church history to tradition tells us that Simon the leper was the father of Mary, Martha and Lazarus. Interesting. So we know that this was a good-sized dinner. There were several people, at least 17 people at this dinner. John chapter 12 tells us, you put the gospel accounts together, that Lazarus was at the dinner. Mary and Martha were at the dinner. Simon was at the dinner, the leper. Jesus was at the dinner. That's five. And then add 12 disciples. So we know that there were at least 17 people at this dinner. And don't you find it interesting? I do that at this dinner table, there are a lot of used to be's. You notice that Simon, who used to be a leper. Lazarus, who used to be dead. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) He like, praise God, I'm at the dinner. (laughs) I'm thank I'm going to get worship. (laughs) Lord, I'm glad to be at the dinner. They used to be dead. And then you got the 12 disciples where they used to be a bunch of stuff. I'm looking at a room full of used to be's right now. Y'all, I'm hoping y'all used to be. I'm hoping you ain't and still is. Because if you is, we need to talk. Let's talk. But there's a bunch of used to be's at this dinner. And I just got to imagine this. You know, I, I, I'm sure that they probably just sitting around and, and, you know, giving their testimony, just giving their testimony. You know, we, we used to church and maybe you might remember this, but we, we used to have testimony service at church. I, I come I come from that church. y'all. We used to, I mean, you could just get up at any time in the service and just give a give a testimony. You want to get up and testify. I'm going to testify. And there was a way to do this now. There was no, you know, you had a, there was a protocol. There was a way to introduce your testimony. So you would stand up and say, give it on to God. Praise the Lord, saints. And the body say, praise the Lord. (laughs) Give it on to God, who's the head of my life, to the pastor and the first lady. 
Thank God I'm saved, sanctified, baptized, and filled and thrilled with the precious Holy Ghost and that with fire. Come on now, y'all. <laughs> well, yeah, and then the folk, you get, get going. Folk be like, "Ooh, go now. Hey, thank you. Okay, so there's a way to introduce this thing now. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. I feel like I'm by myself. Saved and sanctified. Wow, filled with the Holy Ghost, you know. And then you start going to give your testimony, you know, God is saying. So I'm kind of thinking that, you know, you got Lazarus who used to be a leper. Or pardon me, who, 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 Lazarus who, maybe he was a leper and then he died. You don't know. Simon who used to be a leper and he probably got up and said, you know, at the testimony, you know, pray the Lord, saints. The disciples said, pray the Lord. <laughs> you know. Thank God I'm saved. And Simon probably said, Lord, thank you so much for healing me. I just want to testify and give thanks to Jesus who is in our midst. And, you know, I just want to, you know, he kind of right there. You know what I mean? I'm like, Jesus. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> and I just want to give praise and honor to the man because he healed me and my skin was falling off. And my fingers fell off, but he healed me. And Lazarus probably got up and said, praise the Lord. I'm fresh out of the grave. (laughs) But thank you, Jesus, I'm here. And, you know, I just love testimonies. You know, I, you know I, I just love to hear. You know, I talk to people all the time. And the thing I want to know, I want to know how big your car is and how big your house is and how nice stuff is. And I don't want to know what you do for a living. I want to know what Jesus did in your life. That's my, my question is to you. You know, what did God do in your life? That's what I want to know. I, I'll ask people in a minute. So when did you get saved? And, you know, folk, you know, you should, don't, don't take too long to answer now. You know, when you get saved, I'm like, are you saved? You know, but, you know, I love to just talk to people and say, hey, what did God do in your life? And how did, you know, Lord, the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And don't you ever stop giving your testimony. Well, while they're in the house giving their testimony, this woman came in. Did you notice from our text? She came in with an alabaster box of ointment. The oil was worth an entire year's salary. Mark tells us that it was valued at 300 denarii which is a year's salary. Many women would have a alabaster box or alabaster bottle. It's kind of a bottle about this large. The next time I'm in Israel, I'm going to buy buy one and uh, full of uh, spikenard oil. And it's kind of wide at the base and it kind of comes out kind of long neck. And so many women would have one. They would keep it as like a hope chest. And many would uh, keep it for their wedding day to break it, the perfume in it, to break it on their wedding day. And many women might take that bottle of, uh, uh, of ointment and, um, and break it over the body of a dead loved one. Now we know Mary and Lazarus were brother and sister. I'm wondering if Lazarus didn't say to Mary, oh, why don't you break that on, over me? Oh, so it's like that, huh? <laughs> that's a little sanctified imagination, that's all. And so, 
Many women would use it for very various different things, but she has this alabaster box of ointment that she had been saving. She walks into the house, she breaks open the box or the bottle, and she takes the oil, and she begins to pour it over the head of Jesus. And, and in the Greek language, it indicates that she poured it all over his head. Notice she didn't take a little dab. And she could have, you know, saving her stuff. You know what I mean? I'll break it and give you a little dab, Jesus. I'm going to give you a little bit right behind the ear. You know what I mean? Right, you know, y'all ladies be. <laughs> then she didn't do that. Did she say no? No. She took the whole bottle. She poured it over his head. And it was like running all down his head and coming all down in his beard and soaking up his clothes and running down to his feet. He was soaked, covered in this alabaster ointment. And then Judas said, that was a waste. Mary, you could have done something practical with that year's salary rather than waste it on the head of Jesus. And over in the Gospel of John, Jesus called Judas the son of perdition. You know what the word perdition means? Waste. Judas said, Mary, you wasted that on Jesus. And Jesus says to Judas, you are a waste. How interesting is that? And it's true. Because people who don't know God, don't love God, and if they don't understand the things of God, they always think that worship is a waste. Man, how come you guys come to church on Wednesday night? That's a waste. How come you guys spend so much time in worship and the word? That's a waste. You know, as a pastor, and the church gets larger and larger as a pastor, there's always this pressure not to, you know, from, from people, from, from even other ministries. Uh, you know, I was talking to a pastor one time, I think I told you all this, and uh, this uh this uh, this guy asked me, he says, I, you know, I've been coming by your church on Wednesday night and there's a lot of people. There's a lot of cars. What are you guys doing in there? I said, well, we're, we're you know, studying the, we're studying the Bible. He says, is that it? I said, yeah, well, what more is there? He said, well, you, you guys aren't like, you know, doing a, like a program or growing kids God's way or uh, hungering for the Lord or... Or, or whatever the stuff. I don't know what's going on out there. It's those. I, no, uh-uh, no, no, no. We're just saying, he said, I mean, you're, you're doing a book or anything like that? I said, uh, yeah, we are. It's called the Bible. He's like, wow. Almost like, you know what? That's weird. That's a waste. I mean, that's it? That's it? Y'all could be doing something else, but that's it? That's it. That's all we do. Go to home fellowship, somebody, they're teaching the Bible. Go over to children's ministry, they are teaching the Bible. Youth ministry, they are teaching the Bible. And me personally, I don't think that's a waste. Do you? What should we be doing? Dancing bears? Da 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 da. That's what's going on in churches today. Ah. So Judas says that's a waste. We know Mark chapter 14, verse 5. Look that up in your own time. But it says that the disciples also agreed. They agreed. Now, the reason why they agreed, because they didn't understand. They didn't know his real motive. They didn't know Judas' real character. And so they agreed as well. Now, here's where I want you to take notes. Here's what, and I'm going to go through through these very quickly, okay? But here's where I want you to take notes because there's several things we can learn about worship from Mary. Many things from Mary we can learn about worship. 
Mary showed us, I'm going to give you 10 things. I'm sure you can study this and get more. But let me just give you 10 things that, that I think we can just real, on a high level, learn about worship from Mary. And I want you to write these down at this point. Point number one, we learn about worship. Listen, worship often comes through breaking. Isn't that true? Did you notice she broke the alabaster box and the oil fell upon Jesus? Man, worship comes through breaking. You know, you really become a worshiper when you're broken. When you're going through trials, suffering, tribulation, problems, sickness, death, got bills to pay. You don't know how they're going to get paid or don't know what, how, how things are going to work out. You know what? You become a worshiper because you start to say, God, I can't do this. Lord, if you don't do it, it won't get done. God, if you don't provide for the electric bill, then it won't get paid. God, if you don't do this or that or whatever it is that's going on in your life and situation, you do become a worshiper when you start going through stuff. That's why when folks tell you tribulation and trials and you got problems, that's sin. When they tell you that, you just malarkey. Don't ask me where I got malarkey, okay? And I was like, whoa. That's nonsense. Because the Bible teaches that God uses trials and tribulation to cause you to get on your knees, to cause you to learn to worship him. And that's exactly what they do. So worship comes through breaking, point number one. Point number two, worship costs something. There's a cost in worship. You know, when you come into the house of the Lord, here's a cost. You had a busy day. Things are crazy. Kids were nuts before you walked in the sanctuary. It costs something because when you get in here, you're going to have to set your mind on the things above. And sometimes it takes work. Sometimes it takes work. You know, when I come into the sanctuary, sometimes I have to say, you know what? Whatever happened outside those doors don't matter because I'm in the presence of the Lord right now. I'm, it's cost me something. I need to get my mind in tune with what God wants to say and what God, God wants to do in my life. It costs something. You know, worship costs you your coolness. You know, some folks doing worship, they just want to be cool. You just chilling. You just want to be cool. Everybody else worshiping God, yeah, up from the grave. He rose again. You know, you're just worshiping God and, you know, you're just cool. You're just like. Up from the grave. He, lift your hands to the Lord. <laughs> you don't want to worship now because it don't look good. It costs you, you know, you know, it costs you something. It costs you your, your coolness. You know, sometimes you just gonna have to get ugly for Jesus. <laughs> Say amen, y'all. Sometimes you just got, you know, you just got to look. I'm, I'm just trying to help out. Sometimes, you know, ladies, look, if you don't weep before the Lord, that's fine. Don't be worrying about your mascara and stuff, you know. Oh, my mascara might run. I can't weep for God. I mean, I might walk out with black eyes. <laughs> look, we will understand. If you walk out ugly, that's all right. We will. <laughs> it's okay. That's all I'm trying to say. It's okay to just be worshiping God because it's good to worship God. And sometimes, you know, you can't be worried about what you look like or what you, you know, you just got to set your mind on the things above. And Satan will often use all that kind of stuff. You know, you, you're too cool to worship. Uh, you won't be too cool to worship if you go into heaven. If when, when you're in heaven, you won't be cool. Ain't nobody cool in heaven but Jesus. 
Lift your hands unto to the Lord. Lift your hands. The Bible says lift your hands unto God. Rodney, why do we lift our hands? Because the Bible says do it. Because when you lift your hands to the Lord, it speaks of, it's now a sign of an inward reality. God, I'm lifting my heart, so I lift my hands. Lifting your hands also speaks of surrender, doesn't it? Oh, you know what I'm talking about when the cops are chasing you and, you know, they got, they holding you. <laughs> don't say amen now. We don't want to really know. I'm just bringing up something. That's all. But you know when the cops go, hold it. You stop right there. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I wasn't there. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I give up. Surrender. Oh, y'all in church. Okay, we're going to leave that. I forgot. Point number three. Worship is often misunderstood. It really is. They didn't understand. Point number four. Worship is never a waste and always beneficial. Isn't that true? Worship is never a waste and always beneficial. Point number four. Nothing that you give to Jesus will ever be a waste. I mean, think about it. When Mary poured the oil on Jesus' head and soaked his robe, the oil dripped down to his feet and Mary wiped his feet with her hair. Her hair took on the same fragrance as Jesus. She smelled like Jesus. God's people take on the same fragrance of the Lord when they worship the Lord. In other words, you begin to smell like the thing you worship. Now, conversely, if you are one who worships Britney Spears, then you begin to smell like, look like, sound like a Britney Spears wannabe. You worship 50 Cent? I give him a buck to go away. I'm not feeling it. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Talking about stuff that is unspeakable. No, no. You become like the thing you worship. The Bible is very, very clear about that. And that's why we take the time to worship Jesus. Amen, saints? That's why, because we want to be like him. Point number five, worship is defended by Jesus. You can see that in your text as Jesus immediately came to the defense of Mary and rebuked the others. Point number six, worship is for him alone. Whatever you set aside for him, let it be for him and him alone. When you come to church, worship Jesus. Hear him. Don't let other things get in the way. Don't let things distract you. You're coming in the sanctuary and somebody says, hey, can you pray for me? Can I talk over a problem with you? Tell them, wait till after worship. Let's come in the sanctuary and hear the word of God. And then we'll get together for coffee afterward. Guarantee you 99.9% of the time that person comes in the sanctuary, they hear from God, they worship the Lord, they walk out and you go, hey, what about that coffee we need? Oh, we don't need it anymore. God already answered my questions. But Pastor Rodney, we don't need to talk anymore. I mean, what would you say anyway? Um, you know, we... Oh, don't get insulting now. Worship God. Worship is for him alone. Point number seven, worship permeates. Worship permeates. Take a note, John chapter 12, verse 3, tells us the entire house was filled and permeated with the smell of the oil. Mary's act of worship not only brought joy to Jesus, but it also made the house smell good. Hey, does your house stink? Your house stink? Start worshiping God. Put some Christian music on. 
and turn off 50 Cent and Britney Spears and crazy people. Number eight, worship is good work. It's a good work. Did you see that in verse 10? Jesus said that. He said, hey, why are you giving her a hard time? She's done a good work. Worship is a good work, number eight. Number nine, worship is contagious to others. Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached, this story will be told and people will be blessed and encouraged to love and serve Jesus in verse 13. Worship is contagious to other people. And then in verse 10, or pardon me, in verse 12, notice that worship is a fragrance. Jesus said, for in the pouring of this fragrant oil on his body, she did it for my burial. In verse 12, Mary poured the oil on Jesus for his burial. Now, in those days, that's exactly what they would do. They'd cover a dead body in oil because um, very common practice because uh, the body would corrupt and begin to stink in the tomb. So it was a very loving thing to do that. And by Mary anointing him while he was living, Mary is just showing forth the fact that she understands that Jesus is going to die and he's going to raise again. Mary's pointing out that she understands something that the disciples never got. That Jesus really was going to die. He was going to rise from the dead just like he said. So she says, I'll anoint him while he's living. And how does she get that understanding? I think worship. She sat at his feet. Three times in the Gospels, we find Mary sitting at his feet. Mm. Well, I got to wrap it up. Look at verse 14. Our last point, Jesus' death was prearranged by Judas. Then one of his disciples, one of the 12, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. And so from that time, he sought opportunity to, put, to betray him. Now, before you shut your Bibles, Judas went to the chief priest and he said, what will you give me if I deliver Jesus to you? I'm sure these guys were excited about that point. And they counted out 30 pieces of silver, which is, get this, the price of one common slave. In other words, they're saying Jesus is not worth more than one common slave. Exodus chapter 21, verse 32 will tell you that 30 pieces of silver is the price of one common slave. That's how much value they had on Jesus. You're only worth one slave. And from that time, they sought to catch him and kill him prearranged by Judas. Isn't it interesting? Judas shared the same experiences as the other 11. Isn't it interesting that he saw the same miracles he heard the same teaching. He traveled with Jesus. He ate with Jesus. He lived with Jesus for two or three and a half years. Judas looked deep into the eyes of Jesus. He heard his voice, the voice of the shepherd. He hugged Jesus, and yet he betrayed him. Why? Because I think Judas was like so many today. He was a cultural Christian. It's an amazing thing, and I'm going to wrap up right here. It is an amazing Listen close. It is an amazing thing how the seed of the word of God can be preached and thrown out. And, and, and that same word that we all hear, we heard the same word, we worship the same songs, everything we experience the same will affect one person one way and another person another way. Isn't it interesting? 
The Holy Spirit takes the seed of the word of God and plants it in the hearts of one and then takes that same seed and plants it in the heart of another or put it this way on the stony ground in the stony heart of another and it never takes root. And yet the other, the word of God gets it in their hearts and they say, you know what? I need to start learning to worship God. I need to understand that God died for me. I need to understand that 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 God requires of me to give him my everything. And, and the word takes root and affects one and does nothing for the other. That's an amazing thing. And that's what we learn from Judas and the disciples. He spent the same time with Jesus as everybody else. He ate lunch just like everybody else. He heard Jesus teach just like everybody else. And yet he betrayed him like none other. How sad is that? And Father, I pray that none here would leave without this word affecting them, Lord, allowing the Spirit of God to touch them, allowing God's Spirit to mold and to shape and to take root. And Lord, for that one that's here, that's never made a personal commitment to you, Lord Jesus, I pray now that there would be a turning in their hearts and they would cry out to God and say, Lord, I need you. Save many, God. Be glorified in this place, Lord. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.